Heritage Foundation national security expert James Carafano joins me to discuss the cozy relationship between communist China and the Mexican drug cartels. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also remember the 9-11 attacks and honor everyone who served our nation in the years afterwards. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buy tartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security was formed in the wake of the September 11th attacks. How has it evolved since then to safeguard the U.S. from foreign threats? The, um, Jonathan, the threat landscape has evolved considerably over the last 20 years. You know, back when 9-11 occurred in those, in those years, we were very focused on the foreign terrorists, the individual who sought to do us severe harm to enter the United States and, and do us harm. It then evolved. We began uh, to be more and more concerned about the individual already resident in the United States radicalized by a foreign terrorist ideology. Now um, we are seeing an emerging threat, of course, over the last several years of the domestic violent extremist, the individual here in the United States radicalized to violence by a foreign terrorist ideology, but also an ideology of hate. Oh, for the love. I think I want to go back to the nonstop royal coverage so I can pretend I don't know what's going on in this hellscape of a nation. Welcome to the show. It's Monday. I'm going to warn you. It was heavyweight day. Uh I'm at that point where I'm going to start complaining about it now. And after, usually after I I do this, I have to complain for an inordinate amount of time until the soreness dissipates. So welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Monday. We're going to get started with everything. I, I have to say, this news cycle is garbage. And I don't mean this to be disrespectful. I just mean that I understand that it's historic and that there is a, a monarch that's, that's, you know, in England that, or Britain that passed. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I also think that it's incredibly important to make sure that we're still paying attention to what's happening here in the United States. And it seems like in many instances, we just... You know, we've been cut. We've been focusing and covering on so many, you know, other things. So it's, you know, that's kind of problematic a little bit, it seems, you know. So this I because I, we ha- I'm going to get into all of this stuff. We got some midterm stuff to get into, which, you know, going from the frying pan into the fire with all of that. This uh, yesterday, obviously, was the observance of 9-11. And we had that the observance of 9-11. The president spoke 21 years. It's been. It's been 21 years. It's crazy that it's been just that short amount of time. 
or that or that long of a time, but it seems like a short amount of time. And I it, it it's kind of uh stunning to me that it's been two years. Yeah. I remember so clearly what I was doing when that happened. And that's why it doesn't seem that long ago to me. Well, I I mean I remember I remember everything that happened and I remember uh I mean my my youngest son is now in college. It's just kind of crazy to think about how quickly and there you have an I was reading the I was reading actually the numbers on this. Let me pull this is actually what I'm pulling up right now. They said that, you know, because the majority of people who serve are between the ages of 8 what is it? 18 to 23 eight, uh 18 actually 18 to 24. So that is a significant number of people who actually weren't alive during or were or weren't old enough to remember what happened 9/11. That's a that's that's pretty significant. Isn't it? I mean that's that speaks to that that speaks to quite a lot. The president was remarking, he made his remarks yesterday, gave his his statement and then he's headed to uh, Boston, I believe. Yes, Boston. He's headed to Boston because he's going to talk about infrastructure. He's so what he's doing is he's going to go to Boston and he's going to make a play for union votes. He's going to make a play for union votes in Boston. That's what this is. I hope you guys kind of realize that uh, because he's they're struggling with the everyman. Th- this is the kind of the cost playing. I was before I came in. I was trying to think about how I was going to exp- see this from my perspective. This is kind of this is the cost playing president and party you just hear me out i'm gonna bring the tugboat in so in pennsylvania you have a guy running for senate oh my gosh did you guys sidebar did you see the audio that i put on there okay oh my gosh dude so in pennsylvania we have this this john fetterman running for senate and he he lives in this bougie loft that he paid a dollar for just so he could say that he bought it and he re- worked two years, almost a full two years in the private sector as an insurance agent for Chubb, two Bs. And then he was mayor of Braddock and his parents paid him a salary, gave him an allowance. Let's be real. Nobody sits here and is like, I'm paying my child a salary. You're straight up giving him an allowance. Shut, shut, shut up. And he wears a hoodie everywhere so he can pretend that he's an everyman. We talked about this last week. Joe, but this is the same thing I see with Joe Biden. I see it like this with Gavin Newsom. Whenever Gavin Newsom makes addresses and he wants to act like he's one of the people, do you see it? He wears a ball cap. You know, because Kane, the every pe- the every person, they just wear ball caps everywhere. Ball caps and hoodies. They think it's like the Superman thing where Superman, all he has to do is put on the glasses, Clark Kent. And oh, my gosh, where did Superman go? glasses come off they're not it's superman wow you totally had us fooled had us fooled this is kind of the same thing you know gavin newsom can can put on a hoodie or put on a hat where did that crazy horrible super wealthy neighbor or or uh heir go because what is he is it with the, the newsoms it's the newsoms the hearsts the gettys and the pelosi's that run san francisco where did where did that where did that rich Gavin Newsom go? There's this this regular guy in a hat. I fooled them. They all do the same thing. Biden does it too. So he's going to, I believe, going to Boston, and he's going to make some remarks, and it's all going to be about. Uh, he's trying. To, he's going to try to make a play for union stuff, union votes. That's what he's going to do. 
They're going to that's I'm telling you right now, this is what Democrats are going to be running on hardcore. And it's going (laughs) golly, I can't even some of the memes I'm seeing today. I'm sorry. They're just like popping right up in my on my uh, in my Twitter feed. And I can't I can't deal. I need to turn you people off. I cannot deal with this today. The memes are ridiculous. I saw a Fetterman meme. So you have Biden going, making making some remarks about infrastructure, the infrastructure remarks are never actually going to be about the things that really would be incredibly helpful. You know, for instance, uh, you would, you know, maybe some rare earth mineral mines or ways to process that. Maybe some more refineries. We need refineries, right? Because yeah. we don't have enough. I mean, it's 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 pretty problematic. No, no, no. He's not going to talk about any of that. I'm just, they're going to be they're going to be releasing his remarks here or at least uh, an excerpt. And then we'll have the transcript. But it's all going to be a play. Like I said, Democrats are going to go for abortion. Uh, They're going to try. They're not going to talk about jobs. They're going to talk about unions. Big difference. Not going to be about jobs. It's going to be about unions. Well, aren't unions just like organized around a particular job or trade or skill? Yes, you would think that. But see, they don't want to really put the emphasis on jobs so much because it reminds everybody that they have not done anything to help create the help the the private sector create any it's always they've only been a hurdle so he's going to talk about unions that's what he's going to do so we'll i'm sure we'll we'll bring those highlights to you clark Mm -hmm, sure so all of this plus uh let's see this i got i have a bunch of other biden made it was talking about uh uh 9-11 you had mark warner democrat senator mark warner who used 9-11 to bring up January 6th, which is super inappropriate. How in, in any way is that in, in remotely even, it's not. So he brings, th- this is what happened over, we always have these same classy things that come up every year over 9-11. Now, they think, I guess, 21 years out that they can uh, behave as fools. But Senator Mark Warner, I'm pulling the story up now, yeah, he was he was uh, on CBS News's Face the Nation, you know, that bastion of conservatism. CBS News's Face the Nation. Listen to what he said. And this was on 9-11. He's talking about 9-11. Listen to where he goes with us. Um, the stunning thing to me is here we are 20 years later and the attack on the symbol of our democracy was not coming from terrorists, but it came from literally insurgents attacking the Capitol on January 6th. So I believe we are stronger. I believe our intelligence community has performed remarkably. I think the threat of terror has diminished. I think we still have new challenges in terms of nation uh, state challenges, Russia and longer term, a technology competition okay, I'm now. with China. Good heavens. I- Just asinine. I can only take so much. I start to just, my head turns to cheese. I just, I can't deal with it anymore. That's what they spent 9/11. That's what they. That's what. That's what they spent 9/11 talking about. Ilhan Omar had trended. I know. I know. Just kind of. She. Uh, she trended. Every well, she trended for what she had said previously on some people did something. Yeah. Well, that was what she'd said a few years ago. It's never going to leave her. She's never going to get over that. Never going to get over that. Hillary Clinton used the observance of 9/11. To remember to fight extremism on the whole MAGA Republican thing. I'm so tired of the phrase MAGA Republican. 
She was on CNN's State of the Union with Dana Bash. And she was talking about political violence, how it's important it is to fight extremism. Then they go from the Taliban to talking about people that didn't vote for her. Because in Democrats' eyes, if you didn't vote for that alien white elderly woman who fell down in the street and lost her Tory Burch slipper, if you didn't vote for her, you were just like the Taliban. Do you know that? The people who cut, were cutting the heads off reporters on camera? Because that's what it feels like when you don't for, vote for a Democrat. It hurts their feelings. It feels like you're cutting someone's head off, even if you're not. It's a terrorist, terrorist thing to do. That's, you can't just, we can't just diminish these words and use them and make them par- mainstream them as like for daily use. I mean, they have significance. These words have significance. But it's important to fight extremism. I just can't, to have her say something like that with zero pushback. So here's one of my favorite headlines uh, from the weekend. New Orleans mayor says that flying coach is not safe for black women. And she is not going to re- reimburse the city. That's the headline. So she went on some taxpayer-funded junkets to France and Switzerland. And she says that, no, she absolutely did not uh, fly economy because she says it's not safe. And she spent $30,000 to fly first class. And she told the city that she's not paying it. She is not going to repay it, even though the city policy requires her to. She said, what, what, press, what taxpayer-funded anything requires a mayor to go to France and Switzerland? Right. What, 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 does, what requires this? She says, my travel accommodations are a matter of safety, not luxury. I, I'm calling shenanigans. Nobody believes you. No, she said, Latoya Cantrell, when she was asked whether she's going to re- reimburse the city, she said, nope. A big fat nope. She went from uh, D.C., she flew to Switzerland in July. That was $10,000 approximately. In August, she went on a $43,000 trip to France. And she signed a symbolic partnership agreement with a small city on the Mediterranean. Okay, I got to stop for a second. If all of our kids had to zoom in class for like a year and a half, you're telling me this mayor can't zoom in and let's just, you know, do this. Op- it's not it's not anything. It's just optics. But she spent forty three thousand dollar tax taxpayer money. Are you kidding me? Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guide you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at Mantis X com. That's MantisX.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Well, this was promising, but it's just it needs, I need this thing not to happen. This could be SMOD, Kane. And if you don't know what SMOD is, it's the sweet meteor of death. A NASA spacecraft 
is set to intentionally crash into an asteroid to help save Earth. Don't want to close my eyes. You know that song, right? You know that, what was that movie? The Bruce Willis asteroid movie? The movie was called Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler with asteroids or something like that. Yeah, Impact. And also Ben, what's-his-face, is there too. That guy. Says NASA is going to use a spacecraft later this month to test a planetary defense method that could one day save Earth. It's the double asteroid redirect test spacecraft, otherwise known as SMOD's worst enemy. Actually, it's called DART because the name is long. It's going to be used as a battering ram to crash into an asteroid not far from Earth on September 26th. It's so close to my birthday. Am I going to get SMOD for my birthday? Woohoo! They said that the uh, mission is an international collaboration to protect the globe, blah, 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 blah. I just think it's bigoted towards asteroids, Kane. It is. You know it. That's where it's going to go. This actually, I don't know what I feel about this. On one hand, it's good. On the other hand, this headline is terrifying. Robots will catch your grandma before they fall. Before she falls. Researchers unveiled a new robot that can predict and catch seniors before they fall. It's, it's a major development, yes, in caring for the world's rapidly aging population. It looks like a little motorized wee- wheelchair has guardrails that come up to a person's hip. They have sensors to judge when they're going to go off balance. They have to use a strap harness and all this other stuff that the robot engages to keep it from keep them from falling. I don't know if it is or not. It says MSN. It literally says MSN.com. It's MSN.com. I, that's not actually a satirical site, so no. I just, you guys know how I feel about that. With the robots and that, they, I mean, they, if they could save grandma, they could kill her too, right? right? And apparently koalas and elephants, they sleep like 87% of every day. At least koalas do. That sounds heavenly. Stay with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is John Fetterwoman. Oh man, he's really bad off. That's bad. That sounds, you know what that sounds like, right? Strong woman from South Park. <laughs> I'm John Fetter woman. Oh, man. Welcome back to the show. Excuse me. It's ma'am. It is ma'am. It's ma'am. That is correct. She sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was at his 9-11 abortion campaign event. Dude, don't ask. Guys, everybody out there, I love you so much. Don't ask me what's going on inside his head. I don't know. You heard what he just said. The man, 
Yeah, true. So he comes out there. Kane, I need you to do exactly what you did in the tone that you did it when you were telling me about this audio. You, you were like, did you see this? See, yeah, I said, did you see John Fetterman call himself John Fetterwoman? And then the crowd starts applauding like, oh, you're so woke. <laughs> you're so woke. <laughs> Applause. That's so great, John Fetterwoman. Oh, man. And then does that resonate with some people? I mean, I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't. That doesn't necessarily. I, I don't know. Does that really actually work? I don't know. Some guys go out there and they say that they're feminists, and there's some broads that eat out, eat that up. So I, maybe who knows? So his he was having he was on the struggle bus, man. On that camp at that campaign event, guys, you absolutely can question whether or not he can do the job after hearing this. Was this eighteen thousand and five? The soundbite. Yes. One of you, you didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it, making light of it, or telling you that you're not fit to be served. Yeah, can you describe uh, the, these are the highlights. stroke and what, you know, what's happened? If, so I, I use the example. So pretend I was, I want to go to Wegmans. Yay, Wegmans. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. I want to, these are the highlights. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Oh, no. no. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. Um. He... Pat Toomey is a miracle. He had a chance. I can't. I he had a chance to match me up again. Okay. Can, okay. Can we stop? What is, is with the weird yelling? It's like me right now. Let me just do what he's doing. I'm looking at my studio and I'm looking at what Kane is drinking right now. And it's lemon razzy. That's the stuff that he does. Kane's drink is actually called Lemon Razzy. I just wanted to yell it. it he's over here. He's got, he unpacks a grocery store every afternoon. I do not. Why do you lie about it? That's a straight up lie. Why do you always lie? It's a straight up lie. He's out here with the Lemon Razzy. And I don't understand why Futterman yells like this at these weird times. Just in the middle of a conversation. He just decides that he's going to start yelling randomly. It's just weird. You absolutely can sit here and and question whether or not he's, you know, can handle this job. What did he walk out to on stage at his rally? I'm because someone's I this cannot be real. Someone said, we had a listener who asked whether or not he, uh, Johnny asked whether or not he walked out to Shania Twain. You know what one that was, that song that was. Man, I feel like a woman. Did he actually, there's no way. He probably did. Are you kidding me? If he's calling himself Fetter Woman, then he most likely did. No way. I, someone asked, can you die of secondhand embarrassment? <laughs> I mean, it's true. I feel, what was her death? Secondhand embarrassment. That's how she died. 
Oh my gosh. Guys, I can't. I just, I don't know, man. I, this is the craziest. We have all these weird little races all around the country. These little weird matchups, you know? I, I mean, what's going down in Georgia? They, where you have uh, Raphael Warnock and, and uh, Herschel Walker down there. And the way the Democrats are going after Walker is crazy. And then you have, you know, the guy he's running against who he ran in that special election was unsuccessful. He is, a, he, I gotta say, Raphael Warnock is one of the cattiest men I've ever met. And there's, I do not like catty men if they're running for office. Like, catty dudes are funny, but when they're running for office, man, you cannot trust them. You cannot trust them. That's, and, and Raphael Warnock seems like that. Didn't he, him and his wife had problems, didn't he? Yeah. There's just all these weird Democrat races, or, or weird races all, and with these weird Democrat candidates all over the country. And I am fascinated by watching some of the dynamics of this. So I have to tell, speaking of Democrats, I got to share this with you. This was, pulling this up. Whew, man alive. This was Karen Bass. Caught you a delicious bass. This is Karen. I cannot, I can't do it without doing the Napoleon reference, man. I just, it's not. I saw this. Uh, there's a number of places that have write-ups on this. So this is from New York Post. One of the, and LA Times first had the story. And so what ended up happening is that Karen Bass said that she had, you know, she's a big anti-2A, big gun control. She wants everything banned. And if you can't ban it, then she thinks the state should be able to control how it is stored in your home. So she said that she had two guns stolen from her house during a break-in over the weekend. It was issued Saturday afternoon, the statement. She said that she, and she's, Karen Bass is running for mayor against Rick Caruso. She called LAPD for assistance. Here's what's crazy. So she says, she claims that they were safely and securely, securely stored, whatever that means. I, these people don't even know what guns are. So how in the hell would they know how to store them? But here's what's, what gets me. She had all kinds of valuables out in the open. I read one report that said she had jewelry out in the open. And they didn't touch anything. They only went for the guns. For the secured guns? For the secured guns. Kane's face is a meme. They only went for the secured guns. That's all they went for. Yeah, not the easy jewelry. Yeah, not the the easy jewelry, apparently. Yeah, they had all kinds of, like, electronics. I'm thinking, like, she had, like, laptops out and all kinds of stuff. And she said that she purchased her guns years ago for personal protection. That's what she told Fox L.A. Interesting, right? She said she purchased them for personal protection. They had like, and there was cash laying out and all kinds of stuff. They did not even touch that. That She didn't say what kind of guns they were. Now, here's why I cite the New York Post. Because the New York Post, I love how they have this in the piece. Because... I just let me first off, let me let me read two paragraphs and then set you up for this one, because I need I need to put it in perspective. This is so good. I'm so excited. I'm more excited about how the story was written than anything else I am excited about today. Listen, it says the crooks left behind cash, electronics and other valuables, according to the L.A. Times. We just went over that. She said it was unnerving, something far too many Angelinos have faced. She said that they did. Nobody specified what types of firearms were missing. She told. Or a spokesman told for her, the newspaper, that they had been secured in a lockbox. Ah, and here it is. 
Bess reportedly learned how to handle weapons in the 70s when she led a group that stood in solidarity with Cuban revolutionaries. She was accused by LAPD at the time of going to Cuba to learn quote-unquote guerrilla warfare. (laughs) She loved Castro, remember? She went down there when she was younger. There was a whole story about that during one of her previous failed attempts for elected office. She learned how to handle weapons because she went trained with Cuban revolutionaries. Comes back and gets her guns. And, and then she had them so- safely and secured and stored. Now, California has, I believe, I'm pulling up my notes on this. Uh, they have their own storage laws as it relates to firearms, right? Because they see a lot of states have, uh, you know, liability law, etc., and and uh, negligence, or they have negligence laws rather, all of this, and that that really kind of pertains to a lot of this stuff. Where a lot of the other, you know, proposals that gun control folks make are are really redundant because you have, I mean, you have things that are covered under negligence with state law, uh, but. Like in New York with their New York Safe Act and in, you know, California, they they want to have they they're they will they'll fine you for storage violations. Like, for instance, this piece, there was a piece where it said a defendant guilty of second degree criminal storage faced up to one year in jail, a thousand dollars. I mean, that's crazy. So how in the world were they stored and secured if someone was able to just get to them? She had everything else laying out. And apparently it was some of her stuff was pretty expensive that was just laying out and they went right for her firearms interesting i wonder if she's going to be she was one of those people if memory serves that backed the uh the uh, this issue of somehow finding people re-victimizing people who are already victims of of the crime of burglary if they had a firearm stolen she if they didn't report uh, the firearm being stolen within like a certain amount of time. I think it was like 24 hours or something like that. I can't remember. But she had, she was with a group of Democrats that had supported that kind of measure. And they would find people who had already been victimized. She was re-victimizing people. I'm just wondering if she's going to face any fines because she can't even apparently follow the things that she wanted everyone else to live with. But no, there's no way that these guns were secure. No way, no how. What were they in? Tupperware don't count, Karen. They, it doesn't count. Now, here's something else we're going to deep dive into coming up next hour. There was, let me pull this up. This started getting reported over the weekend. This, it, it's, it's a quasi-registry. So there is a global, it's an international standards body that has approved a creation of a merchant code for gun retailers. Activists have been pressuring, it's the International Organization for Standardization. It's a subcommittee of this group. It's a Geneva-based nonprofit. And this was something that uh, Elizabeth Warren and others have been pushing for as well. They created what is they a, a special, a, an additional code. They have a merchant category code. And so when banks are processing payments, they have codes that are assigned to different merchants. And banks now would have this newly created code for firearm retailers. And, it would, and they said it clears the way for banks that process these payments to determine whether or not they want to assign 
you know, the new code to merchants, and it would help uh, track where an individual spends money, but it's not going to show what specific items were purchased. The codes were requested by the Swiss body uh, known as ISO, Amalgamated Bank of New York. They say they're a socially responsible lender and investor. And they said this is just a way, you know, another tool for financial institutions to detect and report suspicious activity associated with things like gun trafficking and mass shootings without impeding legal gun sales. You know, because uh, gangbangers and everybody who are going out there purchasing, they're just going out there and going through a retailer to purchase their guns, you know. No, that's totally not what happens at all. There's a Department of Justice survey as recently as late 2016 that actually went through and talked to thousands and thousands of felons and over 77% of them got their guns on the black market. It's go- of course, it's, it is absolutely a way to track. I made one remark. I wasn't on social media much over the weekend, but I made one remark over the weekend and I said, look, I said, this is, yeah, this is a quasi-registry. That's exactly what this is going to create. It's a it's a quasi registry because these people consider the mere legal purchase of a legal to own firearm as suspicious by itself. Even if they claim that they're not going to know what the specific purchase is, it's still a quasi registry. And it's only going to be a matter of time when all of this information is leaked anyway. Isn't that how that works? By the way, speaking of leaks, is that how the thieves knew how to get Karen Bass's that she had a concealed that she had firearms? And because remember how concealed carry stuff gets leaked? Didn't California have an issue with that? Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guide you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Make sure you go find me on Substack, chapter and verse, with the link in all of my social media bios, all up in the profiles. You can go and find it there. Yeah, this... um, we were talking about right before we went to break this this whole issue with that, uh, and I'm going to come back to that. I also have a piece that's going to be coming out about it. That merchant code for firearm retailers. I don't like anything moving. It's it sounds so similar to uh, choke point Operation Choke Point, back when under Obama Biden they wanted to squeeze these retailers for uh, being firearm retailers, and they wanted to use. Basically, financial warfare. It's what this is. It's weaponizing financial institutions for the sin of selling legal to own inanimate objects that are protected. Our ownership is under the Constitution or affirmed, rather, by the Constitution, the protection of those. Just it's it's unsettling every which way they can if they can't do it through legislation. I saw this piece over at Financial Times 
It was the Kansas City editorial board. It was a link they had. They are trying to say no more executions, Mike Parson. Everyone from the Pope down sees it's wrong. Well, that's an appeal to authority that's irrelevant uh, because we just need to look at basic facts. They said that there's a cop killer, Kevin Johnson. He's a Missouri death row inmate. He's scheduled to be put to death. And they said that uh, people were one. Uh, they said that uh, uh, people were wanting to stay the execution. Apparently, the Pope and some others, etc. And this, I mean, this. The facts are there was a, it was a Kirkwood police officer who was a father of three. He had worked for twenty years, and in July fifth of two thousand and five, he took another call from an officer to respond to Meacham Park. He was he was. Uh, shot and killed by Kevin Johnson, who walked into the police car, fired, fired several shots, and walked away. And these editorial boards, they're saying the death penalty is cruel and inhumane. Murder is cruel and inhumane. Capital punishment is justice. And I reject the argument, you can be pro-life and pro-capital punishment unless you think that babies are born with a sin the same as uh, an adult murderer that willfully chooses to commit such an act. It's a specious argument that has no merit with me. My point stands. We have a lot more to get into. I get aggravated about that. I may revisit this. The news cycle crazy. More economic headlines as well. Stephen Yates coming up too. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. It's interesting to see how the states are trying to go above and beyond what we're doing at the federal level. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to follow these developments while we continue to set a national policy that's the baseline for all of this. We need to move in the direction of electric vehicles. And look, industry's already there. At least one major automaker says they're not even planning to make uh, gas cars past 2035. But we've got to make sure that this happens quickly enough to help us beat climate change. We've got to make sure it happens affordably enough that it's not just wealthy people, uh, but oh uh, uh, low-income people who are the ones who know, most need those gas savings if they can afford the EVs in the first place. Well, there we go. Welcome back to the show. That's Mayor Secretary New Mom Poot. Buttigieg, Judge. Great. And he's got opinions on the he's They're still pushing this. They're still pushing all of this. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash with you, your lovable curmudgeon, as always. And this soundbite i'm interested in their ban on gas-powered vehicles are you interested on their ability to or their lack thereof to keep their grid going notice he doesn't touch on that doesn't say anything about that Mm. but they're gonna have to do something it's not sustainable what they're doing especially as they're trying to move everything over to even a greater use of the grid 
Now, here's something I was looking at a little earlier. Remember last week, because there there's all kinds of stuff with the Queen's of uh, Britain's, uh, her funeral and all that stuff. It's the very long, because she has to go to Edinburgh, and then she's going, making the way to London. I think the, the, her, whatever, their actual official funeral is next weekend. And I saw a, a poll out this morning. I want to say... This may have been the Telegraph. Last week, we, t- we talked about this in detail. Liz Truss had, pu- had proposed over in Britain this reversal of the fracking ban and issuing new leases for oil and gas in North Sea. So apparently they decided to survey people over there after she came out with that new policy, and it was wildly popular. Who would have thought? People want to... Be able to afford energy over the winter. Who would have thought? That was a br- that was a bold move from her, and it's being really, really well received, very well received. And this she t- she came uh, they uh, dropped that last week because the the industry from the food industry to every everywhere they were warning uh, everyone to make sure your diesel tanks are fueled because they were facing. They said Britain could have winter blackouts with days of planned power cuts, all because of this energy crisis that is self-made. We ta- again talked about it last week. The reason I'm bringing it up now is because it seems like they're all trying to make, uh, they're tr- all trying to do an in run around Russia. So this from Markets Insider, coal is making a comeback in energy-hungry Europe, sending prices soaring because everybody's trying to find alternatives to Russian natural gas. An addendum to this, we could be, we have enough of a supply and it is replenishing. We have such a crazy amount of LNG here that we could send. We have so much gas here in the United States. We could easily help sustain them. Easily. I've spoken to energy experts before. They've, you know, for other projects with, you know, if you listen to the radio show from coast to coast, we also have the simulcast that's on YouTube and uh, Facebook with the first. And for special things with the first, I've talked to energy experts and things like that. And they all say, yes, we would, just in a couple of states alone, we would have enough. And, what, and I think in Colorado alone, we'd be able to. So they say that the price of coal because of this demand is five times higher than normal now. Because everyone's trying to secure energy for winter. They're saying, oh, it's reemerging. The increasingly scarce gas as Moscow shuts off key pipeline flows. They are, they're weaponizing LNG. Power generation using coal has shut up in France alone over 20%. About 23% in Germany, Italy, and Netherlands. European countries have increased their coal consumption year overall. And they said it's all about surviving winter, according to an analyst at the Swedish bank SEB. And the natural gas prices have soared up to 300% this year because of Russia's manipulation. I mean, this is, they said that uh, German utility giant Uniper, they revived a mothballed coal-fueled plant that they've, re- they've basically turned all the lights back on, keeping it going uh, till the foreseeable future. It's that much of a crisis. And so they're trying to get ahead of it. Paris was even, they said that they were going to start uh, turning the lights off, cutting back the lighting 
of the Eiffel Tower to save energy. That's crazy. Crazy. And in Switzerland, Swiss social media has been going all, all crazy over the whole rat out your neighbor thing, which is happening over there. A viral poster circulating on Swiss, Swiss social media encouraged citizens to rat out their homes if they heated them above about 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, right? If you heat up your home in Switzerland, they, they, you're supposed... How, how would they rat somebody out? That's just, that's crazy. But they said, oh, no, the government doesn't have anything to do with it. Really, though? That they ha- everybody has to have alternatives. Everybody has to have alternatives. And so, thankfully, Britain's getting ahead of it. That was a really great first move from their new prime minister. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like, I'm not a fan of any politician. And you have to keep in mind that their conservatives are still considered, you know, pretty liberal by our standards. But that was a pretty good move. Just those two things. Getting ahead of that. Now, here in America, the new business model, there's a new business model that has, is exploding right now. Trying to capture everyone who's fallen out of middle, the middle class. This is really a really fascinating analysis. They said that earnings for Dollar Tree and Dollar General, and understandably, I mean, you're in a time of inflation. They said that their earnings went up last quarter by about 5%. That's, you know, it's not surprising. But there are a couple of other things that are taking place with this. Now, you have Dollar Tree, Dollar General, they went up. Credit card sales are up because there's a lack of available cash. And higher priced or more discretionary sales like liquid detergent or apparel are down. And so now what they're seeing happen is there's a new retail and service opportunity for people who, because of inflation and these economic policies, have kind of been squeezed out of middle class. And they're trying to, now they're having to, to rush in to meet that. They said that there are over $35,000 stores in America, more than there are Walmart, Starbucks, and McDonald's combined. I didn't know that. Did you know that? But when you think of it, there's really, there are really, a lot of them are in rural America. They said there's a thousand more. Now think about this. Think about the economic times that we're in. They're opening another thousand stores. Dollar General opened 7,000 stores since 2015, and they're opening 1,000 more just this year. Now, they said when Dollar Tree moved up to $1.25 instead of just being a dollar, a lot of analysts thought that that was going to really hurt their brand, their dollar store, not dollar twenty-five store. But it actually, they said this report uh, that was from Wall Street Journal, it said that it, their, the company's gross margins increased. They're taking quick actions to compete. Interesting. But there is, you have, it's, it's kind of showing because of the situation with with inflation and debt and joblessness etc i think that this there's i i read something with forbes where it said it was increasingly they're increasingly becoming two types of customers in america and they are they're saying it's elite and desperate i don't necessarily think it's that at that point yet but i do think that there is a hollowing out of the middle class 
which this expedited. The policies from this absolutely expedited. I mean, people were hurting after lockdown. As everyone started getting on their feet, then they get this huge blow of a massive tax bill that that Biden signs his first month in office. And then we get another tax increase. We've had two tax increases. He's not even halfway through his first term, and we've had two tax increases. That's insane. During a time coming out of lockdown, with inflation at a 40-year high. And so this, the inflation and everything else, it's really pushing people, and it's pushing industry to create this um, this it, to be more competitive and really kind of create this net for these consumers. They said uh, they were talking about CVSs and all kinds of stuff, the Minute Clinic, everything else, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It is, very, it's, it is very interesting. But I don't, like I said, hollowing out of the middle class is something that, you know, this is going to be something that's a, it's a continuation we don't, we're not at the point where you have two types of customers yet, but I don't see how we won't be by the end of this guy's term, especially if, if after midterms we don't capture the power of the purse, recapture it, which is the house. Now, a few other things I want to make sure that we're hitting. Uh, I was telling you about when we went uh, to break, we were talking about this, these merchant codes that were created by this, this uh, international governing financial body to... I mean, really, it's 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 not going to have any it's not going to serve any purpose for uh, reducing any kind of uh, homicides as it relates to firearm usage or anything of that uh, nature, because you, you don't have gangbangers and drug dealers that go out to retailers and purchase their guns. We've talked about this. That, that's not how that's not how this is happening. Furthermore, people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's about mass shootings, not gangbangers and that. Well, here's the problem. Why is it that everybody else but the parents or the people who know what's going on and see it every day right there in the neighborhood? Why is it everybody else's responsibility to do something, but not the people who actually know that the problem exists? Do you think that asking these credit card, demanding these credit card companies affix these merchant codes onto firearm retailers, that's going to be the thing that does it? You think that that's going to somehow be more of an immediate action than someone right there within a murderer's neighborhood? We have so many tools at our disposal within our current legal system to adjudicate someone ineligible to legally purchase or carry. So many. And we don't use them. And because people don't use them, that gives Democrats the opening to make the argument that, well, it's because nothing exists. Because, you know, there is clearly... It's because people aren't using the methods that we have, but Democrats don't want to talk to people about the methods that we have because those methods respect due process. And that is the real ultimate goal. To deprive people of that and to diminish it. Do you honestly want to reduce due process in an age where people can weaponize FISA against you and raid your house for political targeting? Seriously, where we had the IRS go after people and had to settle out of court? For real. Just asinine. But you know what this does? What this will, it, it is going to, it will do, it will create a de facto registry. And even what's more is that you can, the federal government can subpoena the data. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? 
Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual-tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three-quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So one of the things that I've learned in watching the whole funeral thing for uh, Britain's Queen is that there are some fun, little, weird, little custom things that they do with the monarchy. For instance, the royal beekeeper has informed the Queen's bees that the Queen has died and that King Charles is their new boss in a bizarre tradition dating back centuries Wait, what? Oh yes, it's a real story. Royal beekeeper John Chapel has notified the palace hive of the Queen's death. He's told the bees that King Charles is their new boss and urged them to be good. The centuries-old tradition is rooted in superstition about honey production. And he told them in hushed tones and also affixed black mourning ribbons to each of the hive's boxes because if they don't tell the bees then the bees will leave the hive and no longer make any of the delicious honey i mean that's you know okay the navy admits that it has more ufo videos but they say releasing the footage would actually harm national security because they said it would reveal information about the pentagon's operations and capabilities to america's enemies okay so here's my question Actually, not a question, an observation. I have one question. Are they good or bad? You know, so if you're confirming that they exist, are they good or bad? I mean, I'm okay. Like, I pay taxes to not do stupid things that aren't in Article 1, Section 8, but this is in Article 1, Section 8. I just want to know you all get a handle on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you all have this under control. How much money we spend, by the way? You know, just we got it under control? I don't know. So, but, you know, that's the questions. Uh, Also... Ooh, listen to this. Fast food chains are maybe they could be killing the dining room. At least that's what one. This is kind of wild. Uh, fast food is racing to ditch the dining room. Five hours into, let's say, blah, blah, blah. I hate when these people write these stories. I have notes on this. Uh, and they don't get to the point until like halfway through. The point is, is that a lot of these places, whether it's like a Chipotle or a Starbucks, they're actually getting rid of their in-store dining. It's everything. Fast food is becoming purely drive through. It's going to be totally automated, probably soon, and completely drive through. The dining rooms are going to soon become a thing of the past with fast food. Stick with us. We got more in store. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your 
your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Shooting down woke culture one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. We're now as a nation battling a threat from within. Is the threat equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11? That's an interesting question. Um, I have held many elected offices as district attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president, and there's an oath that we always take, which is to defend and uphold our constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, but we know they both can exist and we must defend against it. This is such a stupid way to dance around the whole thing. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of the hour here for our second hour of the show this Monday. It is such a just a chicken way to dance around what they really want to say. Which is... Do you think that MAGA people, that people who voted for Trump, are they as dangerous as terrorists? The terrorists who took down the Twin Towers? That's what Chuck Todd wanted to ask. And Kamala Harris wanted to say yes. But see, they realize how ridiculous it sounds. So they don't go all the way up to the line. They just go up enough. Just right, right up to it. That's what the whole, that's what all of this is, this whole point. Just plant that seed. It was, would it, well, that's an interesting question. <clears throat> she's, she's saying that as a way to buy herself time to figure out how to respond to it. What she ought to have said is, well, no, I mean, what are you, what are you referencing, Chuck? If she would have said that, he would have been like, he would, then he would have, it would have put it back on him and he would have had to try to deal with any kind of fallout from comparing January 6th to literally 9-11, which is what they're all doing without, have, without doing it. They're all trying to do that without doing it. That was their entire narrative over the weekend. Well, January 6th, you know, it's so bad. You had Mark Warner out there. That's what Chuck Todd's suggesting. It's not just him, there's others. Audio sound by 13. Hillary Clinton, 9-11. She's doing the same thing. Listen to this. We are in a funny position, uh, Dana, because there's a small but very vocal, very powerful, very determined minority uh, who wants to impose their views on all the rest of us. And uh, it's time for everybody, regardless of party, to say, no, that's not who we are as Americans. This is so stupid. What does this even mean? Who's trying to impose their views on all of us? That's Constitution. Yeah, damn you, Constitution. I mean, these answers sound like they sound like junior high expositions on what they think voting is. That's what it sounds like. No one's trying to force their viewpoint on anyone else. A rejection of their viewpoint to them signifies, well, they're just trying to force their viewpoint on everybody. No, they just don't want to. They just don't agree with you. 
That's all it is. They just don't agree with you. They spent all yesterday walking right up to the line trying to compare 9-11 to January 6th. Did anyone actually come out? But Well, Mark Warner came the closest. He came the closest to, he actually said January 6th. Everyone else went right up to the line. Even Biden went right up to the line. That is so cowardly. Absolutely cowardly. I just, I think it diminishes January, it diminishes September 11th by trying to associate it with a riot. Mostly peaceful riot. Right? Isn't that what they do? That broke away from the the over, the event that was blocks and blocks away. And then there are questions, did it break away or was it just people around there? Because Trump was still on stage speaking when people apparently were entering the Capitol. So I don't know. There's questions. But heaven forbid we ask those. Heaven forbid. If you ask those, it makes Adam Kinzinger mad. Adam Kinzinger got mad at uh, Alex Brusowitz, who I know. And was apparently he was putting out he's basically doxing and putting his information out on social on Twitter because Brucewitz's company apparently got some PPP loans. How imagine this the audacity of people to shame businesses who took PPP loans. I don't like PPP loans. I don't think they should ever have been given. But that's because I don't believe that we should have ever been locked down. The government committed. I'm going to say this as often as necessary. The government committed imminent domain where it concerns our ability to earn a living. They seized. They had they had imminent domain. They had federal seizure of our ability to generate an income. They locked everyone down to the point where people couldn't even pay their mortgages, their rents, whatever. And they created the PPP loan which is our tax dollars to give to businesses who pay a lot of tax into the federal government so that they could keep their employees afloat and doors open. That's, there, were, there were rules that went along with it. And if they didn't abide by the rules, then they had to pay it back. But I love how people act like the PPP loan is, oh, well, they're, you're, just, you're getting loans. And that a lot of the businesses that got this paid more in tax than the people bitching about it. I didn't take a PPP loan, but you know what? I pay taxes. It is my, I, because my income is stolen from me by the government under threat of, of jail, I have to uh, pay my tribute to the federal government because our income is stolen. I have every right to go and ask for some of my dollars back. And don't think for a damn second that I wouldn't. It's because my, it's my money. Craziness. Absolute craziness. But he was like shaming everyone. So here you have the government who shut everyone's businesses down, made it to where they couldn't generate an income, and then shamed businesses that took back some of the money that they paid into the federal government to stay afloat. And Kinzinger supported it the entire time. You're mad because people are doing what you... And they, and they were doing it as retaliation for student loans. Because it, like those are in any way similar. Adam Kinzinger is one of the dumbest people to ever hold an elected seat. I don't know who actually has more of an intellectual deficit. If it's Kinzinger or Buttigieg. I don't know. Adam Kinzinger is, is the 
I don't even know how to say this. He doesn't have any qualities, which are, I, I mean, as a person, he doesn't have a marketable countenance. At least Buttigieg, Mayor Poot, uh, Secretary Mayor Newman Poot, Buttigieg looks all wide-eyed and goofy. You know what I mean? It gives him a little plausible deniability about any sort of malicious intent because someone who looks goofy, you just can't possibly imagine that they would be capable of malicious intent. Kinsinger looks mad all the time and he stands for Liz Cheney so hard. Dude, you got redistricted out of your seat by the Democrats whose butt you kissed to keep it. it you're going to be fine. Get Just, you know, it's all done. Good heavens. Now, a few other things to hit. We have the Stevie Eights coming up in our third hour, as per usual. This teacher, I want to get in some education. This teacher is in Texas, Franklin High School. Her name's Amber Parker. There was an 18-second audio clip uploaded to TikTok. And she was heard urging her students to call pedophiles, quote, minor attracted persons. That is... Oh, man, in Texas. She's 53. She taught English at a school in El Paso. The school district was immediately informed of what happened, I can imagine. And she was suspended, and then ultimately she was fired. She was caught on tape telling them, she said, quote, stop calling them that. You're not allowed to label people like that. Stop it, Diego. We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them MAPs, minor attracted persons. So don't judge people because, oh my gosh. She says, don't judge people because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Oh, I'm going to judge. I'm going to judge so much judging. May have some physical judging too. Oh my gosh. I think if you're excusing it, then you're culpable. I think that you're pedophile adjacent if you excuse it and defend it like she did. Man, I hope that the parents involved in the school, honestly, that's what we need to, I, I, I think people who defend pedophilia, sh- and they, they try to make up these stupid names for it, I think they should be, we should call them pedophile adjacent. They are. If you're defending this, you're culpable. I, I, I think that's a capital offense to touch on the death penalty thing. I think pedophiles, if you're a convicted pedophile, you should immediately be put to death when your trial is over. If you're preying on children, there's no space for you here on this rock. I volunteered to do it for free. I'd save all you taxpayers a lot of money. My goodness. I'd offer, I'd pay my own travel. I'd pay for everything myself. I'd save you all money. Just saying. We, there is this, this deterrent. This is insane. So she's, this, this woman has no place in school. I'm glad that the school district reacted the way it did as swiftly as it did. And what gets me is she was teaching children about the crucible, the play. And somehow, I mean, she's, she's a grandmother. She is a grandmother. I got to be honest with you. If I heard a grandparent of my kids talking like this. Oh, man. There's no cave in the Ozarks where they could hide. Oh, no. Mm-mm. If I heard him talking like this, talking like this, there's no cave in the Ozarks where they'd hide. This is just wild in Texas. 
and you can in the video because she references a student by his first name she says no diego so apparently diego a student in the class used the term pedophile and she got mad and was correcting him one of the students who the student who, who captured that on video i hope that they get an extra credit a I hope their I hope their family and the other families at that school thanks that child for doing what they what they do. You need to tell your kids too that they have every right when stuff like this goes down in the classroom to record it. I don't care if it's in a public school or private school. You're the parent. That's your money. Those people are serving you. Don't get it twisted. They are your employees. You have a partnership with them. And by the way, do you notice that whenever you say, oh, well, you're they're your employees, the people who get real sensitive about this, they bristle because they do they do not understand the concept of the agreement between employer and employee. They immediately look they devalue work immediately by believing that it is somehow an inferior position. Which I find that's a messed up that's a messed up way of thought that some people have. You're providing someone a service. Someone needs a service. Where's the power? But you're the parent, and you, this is your child. You absolutely have a right to speak up and record. I've told my kids before, something like this happens in school, you record it. There's not going to be a single administrator that's going to take issue with it. Crazy. One of my kids uh, in one of their schools, uh, well, and this was uh, some years ago, maybe about six years ago, it was in a it was a, a class and they were discussing the it was it was a Bible class. They were discussing the Bible and it was a leftist Christian teacher who does not work there anymore. And she was trying to make the argument that Jesus was a socialist and my oldest son was not having it. He was he actually got referenced uh, refer, he actually got referred to the principal's office because his and he wasn't being disrespectful. He just does not back down. You think I'm bad? You hadn't even heard. He just did not back down. And he challenged her on the concept of free will and was asking her why she believes in a system that denies free will when God gives it and totally owned her. And it made her mad because she owned him in class or she, he owned her in class. And I'm, you know, I'm talking to, you know, administrators and I'm like, what's the issue here? It sounds like we need a smarter teacher. She didn't last a month longer. Is ridiculous. You have every right, and you need to make sure your kids, which I'm sure, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir with a lot of you listening, but you should empower your friends who maybe don't listen or who maybe, you know, you're, you don't entirely agree. You need to let them know that their kids should be empowered to speak up when stuff like this happens. Golly, because think about all the, all the stuff like this that is not caught. And for the people out there who are like, well, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm being watched all the time in the classroom. Well, you know what? If you're not, you took this job willingly, yes? If you're not doing anything like defending pedophilia, then you have nothing to worry about, correct? Kind of how I look at it. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer 
the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. I'm going to try to get through. These are ridiculous. I got to get through them quick. All right. So first and foremost, how was your weekend? Because this father and son had a hell of a time. They were they're wanted in a Lake Helen wedding reception beat down. Volusia County, Florida, two men whom deputies say severely beat a Lake Mary man at a wedding have been arrested. Finally, Joel O'Grady, 38, and his son, Julian Falkenberg. What a name of Sanford. They were arrested by police late Friday evening. According to Volusia County Sheriff's Office, they were at a wedding reception when they got into a fight with another man in the parking lot. They beat him over the head and face until he became unresponsive. So they were taken into custody. And a bizarre Florida man got jail time after putting laxatives in his son's medication. 14 months in prison. Boy, I hope some people have make sure he has a good time there. Mm -hmm. Third hour next. Stay with us. Heritage Foundation national security expert James Carafano joins me to discuss the cozy relationship between communist China and the Mexican drug cartels. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Carafano also explains how China is laundering the billions of dollars the cartels are making by trafficking drugs and humans. I'll also remember the anniversary of 9-11 attacks and honor everyone who served our nation in the years afterwards. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Amazing, Renee, you mentioned it, and, and the courage and the strength and the decency that he shows. This is an election about decency, about being decent to one another, about being kind to everyone. It, it's called a Florida for all. You know, we got a divider on the other side and a uniter over here. You know, some people call him deceit. Oh my gosh, this is Charlie Crist. Uh, indeed it is. I'm trying to be nice. The Satan versus that. Oh, think about it. Oh my gosh. So this is audio of Charlie Crist calling himself Christ. And he's telling everyone, you know, we got to get back to decency. Also, Ron DeSantis is Satan, isn't he? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Here at the top of our third hour this Monday. I said this before and I don't. I do not mean any disrespect to George Hamilton, but Charlie Chris is sort of like the, what is not even great value? What's something lesser than great value? The great value brand. Oh, just black label? I don't know. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like a not even a, a, a gen, he's like a non-generic label worse than, he's like underneath, he's not, he's the great value version of George Hamilton. I don't even know how to say it. I don't want to disrespect Ray Value because they got some discounts. But you know what I mean? Like, come on. It sounds... He's just... He's he's a mean old man. He really is. He is a mean old man. Ugh. So he's... <laughs> to Satan? That's not even clever. <laughs> you hear some of the people... <laughs> laughing. Not a lot. He was, looks, sounds like he was speaking to tens of people in this room. 
tens of people. I will say at least he's put together a little bit more than that senator or the guy who wants to run for senator out in uh, Pennsylvania. Right? You know who I'm talking about, Kane. Oh, I sure do. This guy. This guy here. My name is... My name is... My name is... John Fetterwoman! Him. John Fetterwoman. Is that official, or is that just like what he's calling himself like right now? He actually had to look at the t-shirt. Yeah, so... That's... Yes, Kane notes that he's bad. We're good narrative with Chris is pretty weak. Yeah, this is about as bad as it's is is Federal Woman. I was uh, a couple things here looking at the election. So I there's a new there's a new polling new polling out. This is crazy. So that uh, incumbent in Nevada, bah, bah, bah. very interesting. She's actually she Catherine Cortez Masto. She won this seat in 2016. She's running against Adam Laxalt who was the lieutenant, uh, or he's the attorney general, excuse me, the attorney general in Nevada, and he's running against her for Senate. Adam Laxalt's a really strong conservative. Very, very volatile midterm election. And it looks like Laxalt, this Nevada, could be a little glimmer of hope that Republicans need maybe for inching out a little victory here in the Senate. They are... Pretty much neck and neck at this point. Let me pull this up. This is, there's a new survey that came in. Uh, NBC. I've been hearing some good stuff inter- um, internally as well. Here's what's crazy. She's having to spend so much money just to keep her seat. And t- what I think she has spent, at her and interest, $20.4 million. So from June 15th, and that's just from June 15th to August 25th. Get this. This was an ad tracking firm called Ad Impact, and they break down everybody's races. But they were looking at Nevada. They saw the Democrat, Cortez Masto, during that, those, that same period, June 15th to August 25th, she spent $20.4 million. Lexalt's people spent twelve, And she has not been able to solidify an actual real lead. Wow. That is something else. She's in trouble. Now I'm looking at some of these others. Uh, the RCP average for Arizona. Kelly versus Masters. Kelly's only up plus two in one of the latest. This is an Emerson poll. That's uh, within the margin of error. Georgia. Walker's up three. And Florida. Rubio versus Demings. He's up two. That came in. Those, those were Thursday numbers. This is all very, it looks very good. And then this race in Nevada. Very interesting. That would be, if they are able to take that Senate seat, there is a chance, although it would be like maybe it barely anything, that they could either put themselves in position that it, it would be easy next time around, uh, or they would, they'd be within, there's a little glimmer of hope for some control there. Now, especially that you have Missouri, you don't have to worry about Missouri now. But goodness. So I want to hit a couple of other things. Man, some of the stuff we were talking about last, uh, last hour with the teachers and the education thing. This is an ad because we were talking about what's going on in Memphis last week. 
the restorative, the whole restorative justice thing. Listen, this is an ad that that came out in Memphis, and it says, real men don't murder. It was an ad, I guess, to real men don't murder. This is one of the weirdest things. They said, I I don't know, they're trying to address, I guess, crime and teach how to be a man? I don't know. What is, I mean, people kind of know that murder's bad, right? You would, I mean, you know, this is I just sent by one. Listen to this. This is the ad. So don't lose your head. Use your head, man. I said, man, because in Memphis, that means man. Problem is, a lot of y'all ain't even that. Having a gun don't make you a man. Just a boy with a dangerous toy. You see, real men don't murder. Real men don't kill women and children. And real men, when they know something, they say something. They don't let boys get away with murder. So it's on you. Is you a real one or not? You gonna lose your head or use your head, man? Is that gonna work? Because here's why. I mean, look. I understand that that I'm not against, you know, a, a message like that telling people keep your head. I get it. But I also think there's something else there. It's a it it sort of presupposes a couple of things. I think number one, yeah, having a gun will help you stop boys with dangerous toys, though, as Kane said. Number one, this is an issue. There's two issues here. I think everything starts at home, regardless if it's a drug problem, if it's gang, if it's whatever, if it's if you if you're a predator, whatever it is, everything starts in the home. That's number one. Number two, this is a restorative justice issue also. One of the when when all else fails and people are offending and reoffending, the justice system is there to mete out justice. And also the punishment should provide a deterrent, but it's not because the restorative justice movement has reduced it to not even being anything that factors into people's decision making before they go and commit a crime. You know, if you think I mean, if somebody if it's turf war, if it's a drug deal gone sideways, because those are the things that are gang violence and drug violence, namely drug violence is really drive. That's what drives homicide rate. And that's why you have so many men getting young men, particularly getting caught up in this. I the restore restorative justice reduces this reduces any kind of deterrent to nothing. So, I mean, if if you're trying to repair your, you know, somebody did you wrong and you're trying to settle the score, do you honestly think that? I mean, look, if you if you're in for like 15 months or whatever, you get a wrist slap and then you're out for, you know, a, a good behavior timeout. Yeah, you're you're released early as in so many of these cases do you think that that's honestly is that really going to factor in is that really going to have like any any kind of a deterrent in your decision to settle that score if that's all it takes i mean i don't know that's just that's kind of how i'm looking at this i mean we all know that murder you don't murder period and i appreciate the the message, but I just think that there's a lot more to it than this. It's just, it's, I can't believe that that's where we are right now, that we have to, we're at that point where we have to have these, that type of conversation. Well, you know, we can't murder. Let's not murder. Should be murdering people. Well, yeah. I mean, you, th- you duh, you think. 
few other things to make sure we get to. We got Stephen Yates is going to be coming up later on about our, with uh, talking about foreign policy. I have some wokery. I, Ohio State University spending $13 million on diversity officers. The DEI staff at Ohio State. It's actually over $13 million. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven coordinators for diversity and inclusion. What what do those do? Uh, for legitimately, I don't even know what those what their jobs even are. What's the job of a of a yeah? And they're already price gouging. What is the job of a diversity and inclusion officer? They get on average forty six that little over forty six thousand dollars. What? Uh huh. The Office Associate Diversity Inclusion gets 45000 Office Administrative Associate. Program Coordinator. Uh, program, a number of program coordinators. The names are the same, just a little bit different. <laughs> they have a graphic designer for diversity and inclusion for $42,000 a year. Oh, my gosh. That's, so you have 10 mil, over $10 million total payroll. Over $3 million for fringe benefits, and then total compensation is $13,405,000, uh, give or take. Wow. Michigan's the same way. All these universities, Ohio State spent, spent $13 million, Citizen Free Press, they spent $13 million on DEI. University of Michigan spent $16 million on DEI. They have 41 people on staff for diversity and inclusion. That's insane. That is crazy. Program director, DEI. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they have a whole DEI department at 16 million. I mean, I. Wild. Just wild. Isn't this like they're, it's like a little commie attache. It's what it is. You have these DEI officers everywhere. And whether or not that comes out of their endowments, that's a great question. Because how, think about the cost of college education. The government nationalizing student loans enabled this. Colleges are going to make even more money and everybody else is going to be on the hook for it. DEI. Man, I'm telling you, we can we miss that in the indulgences for the carbon tax? We should have created we could have created this whole thing, right? We I missed out on some cash. I wouldn't say we missed it. No, I mean not like, you know, emotionally, right. but I'm all and I'm a capitalist. How can and, and some people I think really want to get swindled. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Parking is very, very, very hard to come by in San Francisco and very expensive. NBC Bay Area says that one parking spot in San Francisco went on sale for $90,000. The parking spot at a condo complex in San Francisco's South Beach neighborhood is a spot at a condo complex. It's listed for $90,000. The price, the sale price was confirmed with the listing agent. Now, the condo complex is located near Oracle Park, and the realtor said that it's not an uncommon price as another parking spot sold for about 90000 just a year ago. They said parking space prices actually came down during the pandemic. 
And one of the reasons it's so it's so coveted is because it's a covered parking spot. Ninety thousand dollars. That is the crazy. Wow. Why would any why would anyone want to live there? I just can't imagine. This is a bit of a terrifying story. Uh, worried about, I mean, you worry about things that go bump in the night, but also things that could crush your head. So this story, Consumer Product Safety Commission issued a recall on 8,200 Murphy beds because of serious impact and crushing hazards. They can break or detach from the wall and fall onto people nearby. There have been 146 reports of this, 62 injuries, including broken bones, concussions, and more. They said if you have these beds, it's the CYME, C-Y-M-E, you're supposed to settle, or call them for a free inspection or repair the bed. Apparently, they're contacting all known purchasers directly. So, And they were sold on Overstock, Walmart, Cymax, Amazon, All Modern, and Wayfair through February 2014 through May, tr- May through 2022. And it includes all of the color options. So they have, uh, they're contacting people individually. It's one of those fold-down beds that come down from the wall. Apparently, they just fall down randomly. Wow, that's terrifying. Steve Yates joins us next. Stick with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Remember, you can find us over at Substack, Chapter and Verse. And, of course, you can stream also the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show heard. Hundreds of markets coast to coast on YouTube or on the first as well or on Facebook. Uh, I was reading this piece because, you know, we don't have enough things to worry about, apparently. Yay. It said that there's some major shifts. There are some major shifts getting ready to take place as it relates to the global landscape. From The Hill this morning, quote, this year will bring the equivalent of a tectonic shift shift in China's politics when the Chinese Communist Party holds its 20th party Congress beginning October 16th. It's going to be the most significant party Congress in many decades for three reasons. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why should I worry about what they're doing over in Beijing? Well, this is headlined under, you think China's aggressive now? Wait until after the 20th party Congress. Oh, boy. Let's bring in our expert on this to either terrify us more or maybe sort of just answer some questions. Steve Yates is the senior fellow at America Policy First Institute and the chair of the China Policy Initiative. He joins us from his very secretive Lego bunker. Stephen, always so good to see you. This seems to me the equivalent of they, the when Barack Obama leaned over to Medvedev and said, yeah, I'll have more flexibility after my election. Is that kind of what we're looking at after the 20th Party Congress with Beijing? Well, there definitely is an element of that. And it's it's hard for me to try to strike the right balance in talking about Xi Jinping and where things are going, because there are a lot of things going very wrong inside of China. We've talked about Mm -hmm. those from time to time. But a faltering China that has a shrinking population, that has a shrinking workforce, uh, that has some destabilizing elements that they're bludgeoning into COVID zero lockdowns, even during an earthquake. Uh, all of that crazy stuff is going on. And Xi Jinping is just sort of whack-a-mole trying to keeping things under control through this party Congress. But we should make no mistake, this is not like a national election. Hmm. It's not like there's real competition here. The only question is how much is he going to win by? And we're not going to have exit polling or right. vote counting and things like that. <laughs> not going to have anything kind like of that. An exercise. He's going to win. 
Uh, and the, so there, there definitely is something to the notion of coming out the other side. What are we dealing with? Well, for one, we're going to have a guy that goes back to going overseas. Since COVID, he hasn't gone anywhere. And he's overseas. meeting with Putin now. Exactly. So this is the start of something different. Now, what is the different? We don't really get to know. Uh, we know what they bark at us about, uh, that the, what their demands are. They're very open about their support of Russia now. Uh, and so they're clearly aligned against us uh, strategically. I would say economically, they've been aligned against us for a long time. It's just taken a long time for Americans to sober up about that. And so now we go into an election too. And I would argue the far more important question is, are Americans serious about whatever it costs and whatever it takes to rebuild the foundation of American resilience, American self-reliance, and the American way of life, or aren't we? That's going to have a much bigger impact on where all this goes. We get that right, it literally doesn't matter what the Communist Party of China decides it wants to do. We keep screwing things up for ourselves, and even a crippling, doddering along China can still be a big problem for us yeah. on viruses, unfair trade, and military adventurism. Yeah, we're talking to Steve Yates, who's an expert on this and also worked in the Bush administration advising uh, the administration on all of uh, any all of these issues. It, we're talking about, uh, I mentioned just a second ago, uh, Xi Jinping is going to be, for the first time he's leaving since lockdown and his first meeting, first time he's leaving is to meet with Vladimir Putin, who's not having a great go of things, apparently, if you, I mean, if all the reports are accurate, I mean, he suffered, uh, I mean, he had some pretty big losses over the weekend, and there are reports that they're kind of being pushed back from some of the uh, most intense areas of fighting. What do you think they're going to talk about? Well, I think they're going to talk about, hey, what kind of a discount could you cut me, brother, on some oil and gas? Uh, and the other one saying, hey, what kind of a discount can you give me on some armaments? Mm. Uh, and so it sure seems to me to be a pretty above board trade in terms of you know, it's not really secret what each side seeks in all of this. They, they neither one of them has a moral compass. Neither one of them has to face meaningful pushback internally. So it's really, how can we help each other push back against the United States? How can we help each other grind out whatever our, our challenges are? Uh, we've talked about the, the Russia-Ukraine thing for a long time, and I fear that it's it remains on this very long grinding trajectory that might be a very muddled outcome. Yeah. Uh, we're heading into winter. Uh, arguably, the Russians probably can go through that a little bit better than the West. Uh, and uh, w with China, uh, they've been pushing the, the, the limits on their territorial claims, war games and things like that. But really, China needs fuel. Mm -hmm. China is, does not have an endowment of energy that can keep the lights on. And China is very vulnerable to a blockade from the United States and its allies. So I think they're both trying to, to guard against the impact of sanctions, both trying to guard against their weaknesses together. This is this is real life. The real life game of risk here. We're talking to Steve Yates. You can f follow him on Twitter, which I suggest you do at Yates comms. That's what I think of. I think of I envision the risk board like in how in Queen's Gambit, they would look at the chessboard. I'm envisioning the risk board because China needs Russia's cheap energy. Russia needs help from China. And then at the same time to kind of bring it all together, because there's all these moving pieces. Everything affects each other. 
The new PM uh, over in Britain, Liz Truss, comes out and says that they're going to reverse the ban on fracking. They're going to now start giving new leases out for oil and gas drilling in the North Sea. It seems like to me there, because of Russia create really expedited the or, or, or intensified this problem, if there was an excuse for these countries to become a little bit more energy independent or for at least Europe by itself to be a little bit more energy independent, it seemed like they fast-tracked this with Ukraine's, but they can still make it up losing that with China. Where I mean, does that make the Russian-Chinese alliance stronger? And then what does that, because if these countries start doing this in Europe, I mean, I just feel like this is all moving in a bad way. I want them to be energy independent, but Russia will make it up somewhere. Well, Russia will do what Russia is going to do to a degree, and the same for China. If I believed that this was a long-term trajectory that the United Kingdom That's and others me. were on, uh, then I'd say that's a very strong, uh, strong way forward. I mean, uh, one of the silver linings in this Russian invasion of Ukraine might be the sobriety checkpoint that while people were uh, trying to scare a generation that they're going to be choked by unclean air or unclean water, what really was happening was that they were in a suicide pact to choke off their energy and their economy. Uh, and we have the resources to run our economies, to run our societies. And we actually do it cleaner than anywhere else in the world. Uh, and so, you know, the, even if you pray to the sun god, like some people apparently do, we still can do this in a way that is cleaner and more efficient and still take care of our manufacturing needs without having to deal with a dirty China with no quality control or a dirty Russia. So if I believe this was the direction we're really gonna go, I'd say, great, that is actually the best way to minimize the challenge of Russia and China is we don't need them, we right. do our own thing. I love how you tempered any any kind of optimism I had with, with well, that'd be great if they're gonna stay on that on a long-term <laughs> deal, <laughs> it's not happening. So in other words, it's not happening, don't get your hopes up. Because, you know, they're going to be dealing with the energy crisis. That gives Russia so much more control in this relationship with China. And you and I have talked about this for well over a year here and there. That would be one of the worst things that we could, because they they were sort of friend. They hated, used to hate each other. Then they were frenemies. Ne, well, ne, necessary, a necessary alliance. I The worst thing that could happen is if they grow any closer but I just I just look at there's a lot of things on the board that could actually make that happen. You know, if they see Europe, you know, getting a little independent, you know, in Ukraine, they're failing in Ukraine. That just means Russia has to rely on China more and vice versa. I mean, what are we looking at realistically here? I mean, because it just to me is such a huge the weirdo doesn't leave Beijing for two years. And his first visit is still shaky leg McPutin over there in, in Moscow. Absolutely. And we can throw in just to make it a trifecta. Oh boy. If this courting of the, the mullahs in Iran continues, yeah. uh, then you basically have supported the revival of an alternative axis of evil uh, that is not trading in U.S. dollars, is not relying on access to our system, uh, and basically trying to cover their mutual weaknesses, thus shielding them from whatever penalties the supposed international community could impose upon them. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's, there's multiple fronts to this. 
China isn't really ready to go it completely alone. It wants Americans to continue to buy all their cheap crap. Uh, and, I, and I hope Americans do have access to all that cheap crap. But we can't have anything of strategic significance coming from a market like China. We have to strategically decouple from them. Mm. Uh, and uh, so right now we have the bad guys doing a better job of building their metaverse and we're doing a terrible job of taking care of the real world. Right. A practical question, last one for you, talking with Steve Yates at Yates on Twitter. What? And this is sort of a, an aside from all of this, and I may have in a roundabout way asked you this before, but more directly, if we desperately need the manufacturing manpower of a country with a population the size of China, why would we, did we not make India our best friend over them? Uh, this is a question I've been asking for 30 years. And part of the answer to it is that India, while it doesn't do all the bad things that China does, uh, they seem to have adopted Fabian socialism and other kinds of funkadelic thought <laughs> to make it very slow to reform. Uh, and so there's definitely big opportunity. And I do uh, try to impress upon all world leaders, if you thought that China was too big to ignore, then please don't ignore Asia's other billion people. But all, but you can also look at Japan and Southeast Asia, yeah. and you would take that together, that's another billion people. I mean, you have all of this, it, you know, the, the biggest sin of the last 50 years is thinking that China is the end all be all yes. and letting them get away with everything. Uh, every one of these other countries or regions has a challenge, but you know it's not like it's work-free dealing with China anyway. Uh, so uh, I've often felt like India is the place where time stands still, but I'd take that slow roll to somewhere over the dealings with a country that is willing to poison the world and take trillions of dollars out of our economy and turn around and say, what, you got a problem? Yes, I, I have to note, that Fabian socialism and funkadelic thought, if you ever came out with an album, if you ever chose to, that's it. It's my memoir. And so, slow, and then the sub had slow roll to nowhere. Beautiful. I don't think it could be summed up any better. Steve Yates, as always, we so appreciate your perspective on this. It's so good to see you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you. Take care. You take care. We have more to come, folks, as we roll out of this, our third hour. That, honestly, Fabian socialism. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Now um, we are seeing an emerging threat, of course, over the last several years of the domestic violent extremist. The individual here in the United States radicalized to violence by a foreign terrorist ideology, but also an ideology of hate. Oh, my gosh. That's Alejandro Mayorkas, who is trying to cast Trump voters as being the same as Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Just asinine. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And towards the end of our third hour here, this is the individual also. Remember that it was Mayorkas who wanted to hire that one theater lady to head up the uh, what he created, the disinformation board? Oh, yeah. Disinformation governance board. Hmm. The DGB. This is, I think, and the fact, and you want to know what really is asinine? What really is just unbelievably sickening? Is that he does this and says this in regards to a question on 9-11. Yeah. 
That was from this. This is from this morning. Uh, isn't it? No. Yesterday. On 9-11. Isn't it this morning? I think so, yeah. MSNBC. That is, it's absolutely shameful. Absolutely shameful. It's domestic violence. They're radicalized by analogy, uh, you know, false narratives, anti-government sentiment. This is what Democrats ran with all 9-11. Hillary Clinton, Mark Warner, and then the guy, Alejandro Mayorkas. Our Homeland Security Secretary doesn't think that the problem is terrorists. He doesn't think that there's a problem at the border. He thinks that the problem is with people who don't vote for Democrats. Unless you vote for a Democrat, you're a terrorist. That's the message here. I'll be on Jesse Waters' primetime program this evening in the 6 p.m. hour. Going to be talking about that uh, Karen Bass story out of California. The uh, anti-gun lady who got her gun stolen. So don't miss Kane today in stupidity. All right. It's going to be our VP, Kamala Harris. She was talking with She's Chuck your favorite. Todd. Oh, yeah. Um, just, just so you know, to date, since Biden has taken office, we've got 5 million Ill- illegal crossings uh, on our southern border. But this is what she said about that. We have 2 million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Oh, okay. Well, that was quite an answer. What an answer. Oh, my goodness. Folks, that does it for us this evening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll be back together tomorrow morning.